927, you with Andrew Cuse on site at Lang Warren at the home of Peter Craig from the Coursing Association and, of course, who the other weekend picked up another Waterloo Cup with his uh, dog in He's No Slouch. Peter, thanks for letting us pay a visit to you uh, in a part of suburbia, so to speak, that's uh, idyllic, but just down the road, of course, hustle and bustle. It's a great location. Yeah, when we first moved here, there was there was all farms. Um, you drove from Danny Nong and it was all farms until you got down to these uh, five-acre lots and, and now it's suburbia all the way. So, uh, yeah, things have changed in 30 years, but it's a lovely, quiet spot. We can still go for a walk down a uh, fire trail and uh, the dogs see all the wildlife and so we go on a hunting expedition every morning. It's lovely. And there's a quite a strong greyhound um, part of the state, isn't there, here in this part of the side of Melbourne isn't there I know there's quite a bit also on the other side of uh, Melbourne but this area here bang home in the area Lang Warren there's a lot of greyhound people yeah um, around the Cranbourne region we're only five ten minutes from Cranbourne uh, but that's the biggest number of uh, greyhound trainers in Victoria so centrally you know it's a great spot um, we were 10 minutes away from the Cranman track and we will be when they rebuild um, but we're half an hour to or 40 minutes to Sandown and half an hour down to Lang Lang. Uh, Warrigal's uh, less than an hour away and about an hour to the meadow so it's really good central location. Healesville's just up the freeway so yeah we're uh, ideal spot. Uh, not far away to go down to Frankston Beach if you need to in the morning and uh, uh, although this time of the year it's a bit chilly. Well, the standard question, which still to this day, I guess many of our listeners, and there are some in the greyhound industry too that are not a fae totally with coursing. How would you explain in layman's terms what coursing is all about, Pete? Uh, coursing is the origins of greyhound racing, where they would um, set two dogs off. Um, in, originally, in, in the dim dark ages, they were off after a hare. Um, these days, it's after a drag lure, so we compete. One-on-one, uh, -on -one. Um, depending on the event, there might be eight dogs in the event for the day, and so it's uh, um, pairs uh, go up and four heats in the morning. Uh, you have a break for lunch, the dogs have a rest, come back after lunch, and you run the four winners go in two semi-finals, and then the two winners uh, after another break for afternoon tea yeah, go up in the finals. So it's uh, a knockout competition. Um, the Waterloo Cup, our Derby, uh, Oaks, Puppy Championships, they might, they're over a couple of days. Uh, in the old days, they were running days, Saturday, Sunday, so it was a real test of stamina and, and the soundness of the dog as well. These days, uh, we're a bit kinder on the dogs, a bit softer on the dogs, and uh, we run it over consecutive Sundays, but it still tests the dogs having to run three times on consecutive days. So a lot of passion for coursing yourself. Is there as much... Uh a passion that you want to keep it going as there is the uh, the need for it or am I underplaying the importance because in 2022 it seems to be as strong as ever so why has it survived when many other sports would look to their traditional evolutions and say well that's how we used to do it but it's it's going still very strong coursing yeah I, I think um, we're appealing to a, a new market in recent years um, the big trainers, it, it's a full day, um, so it suits the hobby trainers and the smaller trainers. Um, also, these days there aren't as many training facilities for dogs, so um, you know it, it's um, it's one of those opportunities. It's the most natural of, of racing where the dog is chasing something running along the ground, um, a drag lure. 
and um, the dogs really uh, fire up uh, and really take their chasing to a new level and not only that I think three runs in the day brings their fitness to a new level um, it's it's a pretty stress-free run because it's 300 meters up a straight with only one opponent so you don't get the injuries that you do from uh, you know a 500 meter run at Sandown or something like that uh, but at the same time they, they build their fitness with uh, the repetition in the day and um, everybody that tries it in recent years, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have been very new and, and they come and they just love it and they see the difference that it makes to their dogs. We're chatting to Peter Craig about coursing. So how many professional trainers, for want of a better term, but you're a professional trainer as well, uh, I mean, he's no slouch as one on main city tracks and will be out there again. So how many mainstream trainers believe in coursing as a part of their preparation? Is that something you still try to convince? Is it what, what, What's the case there? I, I'm only a hobby trainer. You know, I retired. Yeah, but you pick, you've still trained city winners, and that's important. I mean, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Look, there's a, a lot of people in my boat. You know, we, we do it because we love it. Um, and everybody aims to race in the city. I mean, you know, that's the, the key. But... Um, uh, for a lot of people, and and probably, um, you know, at least half of the people racing there um, on Sunday at, at Lang Lang would have, uh, you know, been aiming to go to the city. Um, I see, you know, tomorrow night um, at Sandown, there's uh, one of the bitches that made the quarterfinal, Madame Maximus, um, for Julia Creed. Uh, she'll be running there. And, uh, you know, over the coming weeks, there'll be a n- number of uh, good winners around the tracks um, that raced at coursing. And they raced them there because, you know, they might not have been as keen or... Um, because it's it's one out, um, you know, just two dogs, it's very good for the confidence of bitches. And uh, you find a lot of bitches that go to coursing um, get a, a new lease on life. They're not getting bashed around just after they come out of the slips. Um, that's the one thing that it's different uh, from the track racing. We don't come out of boxes. Um, it, it goes back to the old style where um, the a starter uh, called the slipper, he has uh, two greyhounds um, on the one, two collars uh, attached to one lead, and he uh, puts them in place um, at the start, and then when the lure moves, he, he releases the dogs and he's got a special uh, wire that runs down the middle of the lead. Uh, he lets go of the lead, it, it pulls the um, split pin out and releases the two collars together so those dogs are in motion. So they're not. it's not a reflex start like the uh, greyhounds at the boxes. Uh, they're actually in motion when they're released and, and that suits a lot of dogs that might be a bit slower out of the boxes. So Peter, GRV are very passionate about coursing. Welfare has come a long way. Um, Gap has done an amazing pro... Uh, amazing thing in terms of rehoming greyhounds do grv admire coursing because what you've just said it's um it's uh hand released um it's in open paddock type courses lang lang uh, trees the bushland people gather around like they're having picnics how how strong a grv with coursing behind you well we're coming up to the 150th anniversary for uh, the waterloo cup and coursing in victoria um and grv uh, um I know that you know there's a lot of big fans of coursing in there because of the lack of injuries uh, to greyhounds and the way it does bring so many greyhounds back to the track. Um, you know, I, I hope and and I know from what's um, been said already that 
that uh, coursing will play a big part in the 150th anniversary uh, next year. Um, you know, it goes back to um, Sunbury in 1873 where all this started. So uh, it's it's been an integral part of sport in Victoria uh, in all those years, and and uh, you can't ignore that. And uh, and in these days where welfare is is the um, the most important thing. Uh, I think you'll find that uh, coursing is the safest of all the sport parts of greyhound racing. So so what would happen if uh, a major sponsor said to you, Pete, look, we're going to get televised coverage, we're going to put up 150,000, we want all the best dogs and we'll have a, a day of coursing, we'll put it on Sky or Racing.com and we'll really ramp it up. I mean, is that is that pie-in-the-sky dreaming or, as I said, it's it's quaint and it's always been that the quest for the trophy, the prestige. But if it's so important a part of preparing greyhounds, is there, a, is, there, is there room for it to be stepped up in prominence? Oh, I think so. We've been pushing for um, some um, TAB coverage for, for a long time. It's, you know, most of the dogs are known um, to people that um, uh, bet on greyhounds because most of them race on the circle track. Um, it, it provides um, a wonderful... Um, balance because it, you know a race like the Waterloo Cup for the best coursing dogs um, traditionally you know and I've been going to the Waterloo Cup for over 40 years um, you would see free-for-all dogs from the track turn up and um, be out the first day um, and this year you know we had a, a really good dog um, in uh, Big Opal Rocks who's um, I think he, he might have run second in the Speed Star at Sandown and, and been a, a flying machine at, at, on the circle track, um, but you know didn't make it beyond day one. So uh, a part of a part of coursing is not just having the speed, but also having the durability to come up three times and and um, to to um, go back to the trailer, you know, after their first run and come out as fresh as they did the the first time, uh, a second time, and then do it again a third time and. Um, you know, when you see the times that my dog ran on Sunday uh, in the three legs, um, you get an idea of, of just how fit these greyhounds are. We're chatting to Peter Craig, RSN 9270 with Andrew Hughes. We're on site at Lang Warren, his property. It's a beautiful day. The greyhounds are near us, the coursing dogs, the, the dogs that have uh, been involved in the past season would just finish up with the Waterloo Cup. I watched a few videos you put out over recent years before I came down here, Pete, and you used the term just there a minute ago before we send them up. Is that because some of the courses or tracks are uphill or is that just terminology or...? Oh, it's just terminology. Yeah. Um, but most of the tracks have a slight uphill. Um, they might uh, run up from the start and, and I know Longwood probably levels out. Uh, um, Lang Lang levels out. Longwood might drop away a fraction. Um, you look at Banala, it it's pretty flat the whole way um, and Melton was uphill uh, Charlton used to be a, a real solid uphill so um, yeah we've, we've always sent them up but uh, yeah I think it's it's just a part of the terminology and it's interesting how some of the trainers that have never sent their dogs to coursing have got questions that when we think about it say yeah I guess I didn't know the answer to that too uh, one of the most common questions you get about coursing is if my greyhound's going to course in the morning and then have another heat in the afternoon what do i do with the dog for the two or three hours in between yeah you want to make sure that it rests <laughs> um 
It's funny because uh, we walked to the slips for the final of the Waterloo Cup on Sunday and James Shaw said to me, it's fitting that I'm walking to the start with you. He said, because um, just over two years ago, I rang you. I was coming to the first meeting and to ask you what I do, what I feed them between courses and what I do with them. And, and uh, yeah, it's something that uh, I remember when I won my first Waterloo Cup, um, Darren McDonald even, you know, was a, the, the leading trainer in Victoria and, and he made the comment to me, um, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. And um, But, you know, people with a bit of common sense uh, understand. I, I think you probably learn that they don't need a lot in between and, and you can stop a dog just as, as quick as you can um, keep them going um, if you do the wrong thing with them and, and that's why I like it a bit because there's a bit more involvement, it's not just having a fast dog, it's making sure that everything's done right um, uh, you know I, I've been at tracks where uh, coursing tracks where they've used people in the catching pen from the local um, circle track and you know they, they want to take the dog out and give it as much water as it can drink after a, a course well that's fine if you don't have to race for another seven days but when you've got to go up two hours again later uh, you can imagine yourself if you had to run say a, um, a well for a dog it's probably the equivalent of a half mile run for a human you know and, and then try to uh, back it up in uh, two hours time you wouldn't want to be drinking as much water as you could so it's a controlled intake um, some people a lot of people do different things uh, I don't like to give them any food in between times um, uh, some people give them a little bit of food but uh, you know you've got to give them a real quality um, electrolytes and, and protein so that they can get the energy to make sure that they at their best um, I said before that a dog on Sunday, his first run for the day, he ran 16.56. Um, second run, um, what would that have been, about three hours later, he went 16.42. So he went a couple of lengths quicker and then he went 16.55 in the final. So he, his first run for the day was his slowest for the day. And, um, you know, I think it's important to know that, you know, you're doing the right thing. It's something that over... 20, 30 years of going, taking dogs to the coursing, it's something that I've learnt and I stick to it now and um, I'm quite happy with the, the process that I use. But it's not something that's a secret. I, you know, on those videos you watched, um, you know, I've explained what I do and what, what I give the dogs uh, between courses. Um, like any footballer at three-quarter time, you know, I like to give mine a rub down before they go back out onto the, the field of battle. Um, but it's all about letting them rest for as long as they can so they can recuperate. And when we're talking 16 to 17 seconds, if we were talking a longer time over a greyhound race at a track, we know how important it is to get out of the boxes quick, quickly. The skill of the hand release or the slip, can you explain to us, is that an art in itself? Yes, it certainly is. And um, the, the knack is to release the dogs when they hit the end of the lead um, rather than um, if, if you release it before, sometimes they can get a bit tangled. Um, if you wait, the dog that's actually going to, as they're going to come out, they, as anybody knows, it's walked a dog. If they try to take off on you and you, it, you hang on to the lead, it, it swings them around sideways. So it's important that they're released as they hit the end of the lead so that, number one, the, the collar releases properly, but number two, you don't hang on to them for that split second too long where it turns the dog sideways and obviously causes a crash between the two of them at the start. And just finally, back to He's No Slouch, uh, it was interesting reading some of your quotes after the win, um, to be on the trophy, to pick up the sash, uh, I think it's your second win you've been involved in. 
sure there was fifteen thousand dollars, but this is this is the the Augusta National. This is the Wimbledon. This is the hallowed uh, hallowed trophy. It's quite amazing the love and passion you speak about for winning. A, just in the end, it's just a trophy and a sash. And whether it's fifteen grand or whatever, that almost was secondary. It's quite amazing that that shines through in the love of coursing, doesn't it? Yeah, when you look at the names on that uh, that trophy, that's they're amazing names. Um, yeah, so that, that yeah, gets yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and just uh, there, he's no slouch. Was from the litter of um, wow, she's fast. And we know how much money that Greyhound has made and how successful. I know you told this story recently on RSN on our program, Cracking the Codes. But again, how close were you to picking the other dog instead of this one or keeping the other dog? Because it was a litter that was on site. Yeah, we had, we had the litter here, um, litter of eight, um, three boys and five girls. Um, I can only really keep five at the most from a litter here with the yards that I've got. So we decided we'd sell three. Um, three of the girls and then it was a matter of which ones and um, two were fairly similar in confirmation and one of them had been named after one of my partner's daughters so we decided we'd keep her um, that's blow my mind and um, she won at the coursing on Sunday she's won three at the meadows um, and we had two that fought like mad sisters that fought like mad and Venus and Serena and um, the week before we were, they were going to be collected, um, Serena um, was sound, but Venus had, was limping a bit and I didn't want to send her away to uh, the chap that had p- paid for them. So uh, we decided we'd keep Venus and Mackenzie and, um, and the others off they went and, um, yeah, the rest is history. 18 months later, we, we found we probably picked the wrong ones. <laughs> well... Uh... There seems to be, though, uh, also the satisfaction, though, as you said, with the with the he's no slouch picking up the uh, Waterloo Cup. As we wrap up, the season is now over. It'll be back again um, at the end of the year into next year. So, what what is the right now in terms of the amount of meetings you hold, in terms of the tracks you've got, in terms of the numbers? It's right now where you, where it is going to be again going forward, or are there going to be any changes going forward? We've we've had. Um Two tracks racing this year. Last year we had uh, Benalla. There was a few issues up there this year. We would hope that um, they can be sorted out before the start of next season. Um, the other track that um, is very important to coursing in Victoria is at Melton. Um, that they had um, some serious breakdowns back in 2014, uh, and at the time um, we were meeting with GRV to have them all resolved to be back and racing and uh, the live baiting scandal that hit Victoria put a, a stop to everything. Now they haven't raced now for seven years, eight years and um, uh, we would hope that uh, things can be sorted out at Melton. Uh, that's only just down the road from where coursing started in Sunbury 150 years ago so uh, it'd be fantastic if they could hold that, the anniversary meeting next year but um, certainly uh, Longwood and Lang Lang are, uh, are you know, really heavily utilised training facilities. Um, I'll be booking trials for Lang Lang this Sunday for some of the pups that I'm breaking in. Um, we've got um, trials three times a week up at Longwood uh, all season and Lang Lang race um, 
for the nine months of the year besides summer. So, they're, yeah, they're really vital parts of the infrastructure for trainers in Victoria, uh, the coursing tracks, and we'd love it if um, Melton could come on board um, in the very near future. Um, they, they have this straight track where dogs can free gallop, but if they could be conducting trials there, uh, they used to be flat out every Saturday, so uh, it'd be a wonderful part if they can join us again in this what'll be the 150th year. Terrific. Well, it's got so much tradition, so much history. It's thriving. Um, it's a strong part of greyhound racing, but for so many, it's still something that they don't really know a lot about. So it's been great to spend some time here on a beautiful day at your property here at Lang Warren. Good luck at the next season. Enjoy the Waterloo Cup win, and uh, thanks for your time, Peter Craig. Thanks, Andrew. Great to have you here.